the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Get it on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. My name's Mark Hiles, and I'm that bloke from Twitter and the chief football writer of the Bolton News. This is the podcast that does for Bolton Wanderers headlines what Boris Johnson does for male grooming. And a very special episode is coming up for you. This is the pre-season prediction show that promises to break down exactly who's going up and who is going down. A quick mention for those that are listening to this podcast before July 30th, buy a copy of the Bolton News and that's the paper version, by the way, from a newsagent to stand the chance of winning a free season ticket at Wanderers. Yes, you can win one of two free season tickets just by scanning the special QR code, fill in the application that's, that's online and keep your fingers crossed. Best of luck. There are two season tickets to win there. Also, a reminder that you can claim a free 30-day subscription to the Bolton News before August 1st. Go to the Bolton News co.uk backslash subscribe see what a massive difference that app makes to all the no ads quicker load times you've got all the features that we've done and there's lots and lots more in the can as well okay ads over it's on with the show in towards Taylor who rises Duke the breakthrough comes for Bolton finally they take a chance the roof lifts off the Reebok Stadium. And it's time to give my co-host a chance to give his two penneth worth on Wanderers. Or he'd be able to if it wasn't a completely cashless operation. It's Henry Hewitt. Henry, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks. I've got this wad of notes and I've got nothing to spend it on. Where's my car's pasty or half-cold other pie that they sell? I can't remember. Holland's. Yes, this is the pre-season podcast. It's very, very nearly here, of course. Huddersfield Town was the final dress rehearsal. And thanks to Kieran Sadlier, it, it went much better than it could have done, let's be honest. Yeah, it did. I thought they played really well. I mean, the first 10 or 15 minutes, they were... You know, it was mainly Huddersfield, wasn't it? They were sitting mm. off a little bit. But especially the second half, it was all Bolton. And uh, yeah, sadly, I got the goal in the 93rd minute or whatever it was. And uh, he's now given the manager a bit of a headache because um, there was a lot of people on social media afterwards saying that sadly, I needs to start on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, the only problem, of course, is, and we've, we've discussed this on the podcast over the last couple of weeks, is exactly where, because you can't see him starting ahead of Connor Bradley. No. No, you can't. Cause, and that, maybe that's the, the issue with Sadlier because he's become kind of a utility man. Where do you put him? Because, mm. uh, you know, we don't necessarily play with a winger up at the top. So you can't stick him there. Centre midfield, it seems that we've got too many options. And then you've got Sheehan coming back at some point. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's where do you put him? And, uh, you know, I think that is going to have to be his role for the start of a season anyway, as someone who is coming off the bench and making an impact. But I tell you what, if he can do that every week, then uh, we're in for a... I mean, you always complain about having to change your match reports at the end, and I think you'll have to do it again. <laughs> yeah, it's looking that way, isn't it? It's, they've got that kind of familiar knack about them again. And what I do like about it is that, that Connor Bradley can go out there and think, do you know what, I can absolutely hammer this for an hour, 70 minutes and, and expend all my energy. And Bolton have got the option, especially with five substitutions now, to be able to say, right... In that last 20 minutes where you need 
you know, that little bit of extra quality in the final third, a bit of better delivery, a bit of creativity. You know, you bung uh, a Kieran Sadley run, especially maybe combined with somebody with a bit more aerial presence like a Bob Varson or a, an Amadou Bakioko to get on the end of crosses. And there's your game plan, really, isn't it? It is, yeah, and it's good to see. And, um, you know, I thought, yeah, like I said, I thought they, yeah, on, against Huddersfield, I thought they, they did well. They were knocking on the door and, a, mm. you know, a few disappointing crosses. I know John got in at the, the byline and then kicked out for a throw-in. Um, <laughs> but other than that, uh, yeah, a bit disappointing with the delivery, but the players are there. You, you know, Dion Charles, I think, had a header that went over. Mm. Bakioko had a great save from the goalie for his chance. So, yeah, I know the manager said afterwards that so we we saving all our goals for the season. But um, you know you've got to be getting in them positions. We've seen Bolton before where they've not even created anything. So at least we're one step above that. I do like the look of Dapo and Dean up front. I have to say, and we said that before on, on the podcast last last season at Sunderland. They they played together again at Watford, and I know only I kind of saw that. But Ian Everett said at that point in time, it's something he was thinking about, and obviously with Bodvarsson picking up a a little foot injury. It's not going to keep him out for, for long if if even the, the starting week of the season. But the idea of Dapo and Dion, two players, both of them are going to score goals this season for me. They're both different types of players. It's a, it's a great partnership for me. It's, it's it's a real kind of yin and yang type situation. Yeah, what what I liked about Dapo was he, he drops back and gets the ball. It's not mm. that you've got two players. Yeah, they're very similar players they've both got pace and and I think Dion's skills underrated actually you know especially compared to Dapo but I think when you've got two of them up there just hanging around maybe it wouldn't maybe that's where you'd need a the sort of sort of big man short man kind of thing but the fact that Dion comes back he wants to get the ball he drops to the halfway line in a similar way to what like Harry Kane would do mm. um and then you've got Dion up there where Dapo can then put him in or um, you know, if he plays it out wide, we've got an outlet then in the centre. So, yeah, it is good. But I've, I've got to say, Mark, it's, and, and as we pointed out last week when I, uh, I, I forgot to put Marley in the team, it's <laughs> the, the thought of Bud Varsin and Bakioko not being in the team, it breaks my heart. We need 15 players on the pitch. <laughs> yes, well, we have had emails, but you'd be, you'd be quite happy to know that I haven't included them in this running order because... Uh, We've we've got quite a few emails, and I'm hoping I'm, I'm just going to try and store them maybe for for next week because, um, well, let's just say we've got some production challenges next week. We may need uh, a, a a letter special, an email special. It might have to mm. be recorded. There may not even be any Henry Hewitt next week because this next next week's podcast might be recorded live and exclusive from uh, Mexico, um, and it will it will only involve one of us basically. Yeah. So that's my backup plan. It will be an email special. But uh, anyway, I digress. It was a good <laughs> performance. It was a good performance. And I agree with you. It, it seems such a shame to have a player of, of Bodvarsson or, or Bakioko's talent to be out of the team. Um, same as Sadlia. Again, there's, there's going to be players that aren't even sat on the bench that you're thinking, God, how are they not getting a game? Um, he has got a good, a, an even, I think an, an even spread of quality. You know, you're not you're not talking about superstars that are out of the team, but I think there's an even spread of quality in the Bolton squad, and I thought the you know the performance against Huddersfield was very good. It was as good as, yeah, I'd, I'd say it was as good as Watford, um, barring you know there was a couple of times 
I think they still need to maybe get get things completely together at the back. The defensive um, rigidity, for what of a better word, it's they still look susceptible a little bit. Santos hasn't quite got his absolute rhythm yet. Obviously, got beat for the goal. Danny Ward with a really mm. good run, but I thought just they 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 didn't switch on from the throw in it, and it was all a little bit slow and lax and that kind of thing. They only conceded the one goal. There were a couple of other moments that they might have done. Tom Lee's had a free header just after half time. Um, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to sharpen up because if they're gonna win the really big games, that is where they really do need to to concentrate and, and make sure there's no chances given. Yeah, um, I mean there were signs. There were more signs like second half when uh, you know Santos held his ground quite a few times. So yeah. there is signs that he's getting back to his usual self. But yeah, I, I mean you've got to bear in mind as well that Santos was injured for the last ten games, so yeah. he's not really played since start start of March. But um, yeah, I think you, you're right there. I think they do need to just sharpen up at the back a little bit because next week will be a challenge. You know, I know we won there last year, but they've signed well. Uh, Ladapo from Rotherham was, he's, you know, he was, well, after, um, it was called Matt, no, Michael Smith, Matt Smith. Yeah, it's Michael Smith at, uh, at Sheffield Wednesday now, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. So he's gone to Sheffield Wednesday. Ladapo's gone to Ipswich. They, they were scoring all their goals last year. So, mm. Ipswich have got good, you know, good attackers. Um, so they are going to have to be sharp next week. And um, uh, but I'm sure it's something that the club are looking at. Mm-hmm. Another thing the club is looking at. Now we're not going to have a designated headlines section uh, for for reasons. Best explain that this is Sunday afternoon, and we're, uh, we're both we're both trying desperately to give us give some content that's going to still apply at the start of the season. But certainly, something that's going to apply at the start of the season is the fact that the club have moved towards this cashless stadium. There's going to be a lot more only contactless points now on various points of the ground. You can still use cash at certain areas, but there's going to be more and more things now, including the car parking, where you're going to have to have a card. Now, we're speaking on a podcast now, so we're probably talking to a different breed of people, um, maybe a lot of whom are, are, it doesn't necessarily apply to. For me, I haven't carried cash for a long time. Um, and, you know, I, I try to do my very best at, at just using cards all over the place. It doesn't really worry me. But I am well aware that my mum and dad, for example, they carry cash all over the place. They use cards very infrequently. And you know, people of a certain age and many of whom go to watch Bolton Wanderers maybe are a little bit reticent about this kind of the direction that's going in. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I'd, I'd say that. I, I'm like you. I, I tend to use card most places, but mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I will be taking cash because if there's still, uh, if there's still t- certain areas that do take it, they'll probably have the smallest queues. So mm-hmm. I will take it just in case. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it's part of being a modern club, but the only thing mm. that would concern me with this is that if the if the system goes down, then, yes. you know, what do you do then? So, and and yeah, okay, it's maybe easy to look and go, well, just don't get a pie or just don't get a drink. But, you know, there are children that go, there are older people, you know, there are people that will need refreshments. And as you know, they, they don't tend to allow you to take your own in. So, um yeah, that that's my biggest concern with that. But um, I I think the yeah the car parking thing doesn't tend to apply to me. I, I park on the retail park anyway, or um, 
yeah, just the retail part, really. Mm. So, yeah, it doesn't really apply. But again, older people who tend to use the car park because it's easier access, you don't have to walk as, as much. Um, yeah, you could have an issue there with uh, with using card. But I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's part of the change, I guess, and it's part of the future that we will probably go cashless at some point. So, um, yeah, they might be just looking ahead, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm well aware, I'm well aware that every time there is a big decision made at Baltimore Wanderers, that's certainly one that, that kind of moves the status quo and, you know, embraces what you would say is, is kind of the modern way or whatever it might be. I'm well aware that, that there is a reaction from a certain quarter and then, you know, there is a percentage of people that don't have any problem with it. And it, it will always happen. I think it probably always has happened. Who knows? Mm. Uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, a, I wasn't around when they, um, you know, introduced season cards, for example, as opposed to, to stamping a season ticket or, or, or that kind of stuff. Um, I'm sure that every single technological innovation has had its fair share of blowback. Um, so I don't have any issues with cashless stadiums. I, I have no problems. I'm sure that eventually it will weave its way through. It will be prob- no, prob- uh, no problem. But as you say, they have to make sure that the environment that they're introducing it into is correct. And you're quite right there with the Wi-Fi is that there's no public Wi-Fi at the stadium. In fact, actually, it's a very poor area for reception in many respects. Yeah. I just hope that that has been addressed. Now, I, I did raise this, and as we as we talk, we're only twenty four hours after I've been able to have a a, a a very preliminary chat with the club, and there has been talk about improving it. There has been talk about introducing public Wi Fi. As far as I'm aware, there's nothing that's been done about it as yet. So I just hope that that has been is bared in mind. I suppose. I hope there is no kind of hard and fast rule on that first game of the season where. If, if people, you know, if Wi-Fi goes down or if people have got cash, I just hope it's a little bit more flexible than it seemed to appear when it got announced on the, on. Uh, I mean, and, and another thing, it was announced out of the blue. I think the, yeah. the, the thing that from from a, a person in the middle of the communications industry, I was a little bit disappointed that something as big as the car park situation where you're going to be paying £8 a game and you will have no cash and it's going to be, you know, used by like a supermarket, as you would do in a supermarket nowadays where you, you, your registration plate gets censored. That was buried at the bottom of a, a release as if it was not a big deal. It's a massive deal to people. It's a massive deal, especially people that have been buying season tickets and, and uh, uh, car park passes for 25 years, as long as the stadium has been open and then had them at Burnham Park as well. It's a massive deal. Um, so I think it's, unfortunately, I think it's been slightly underplayed by the club, the importance of it. I wish that it had been a bit a, a bit more of um, an open and this is what's going to happen. And if you've got any problems, here we go. Maybe a little bit, bit more information because certainly when the announcement was made, I got an absolute flurry of questions that I had no answers to at the time because I was reading it along with everybody else, including car park staff who had been there for a decade who didn't know where they had a job now. Um, yeah. So that's the disappointing um, thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, obviously that's something for the club to address. I know Neil Hart has spoken to you and other uh, publications, you know, in, in bits, spits and spats. So, mm. you know, maybe there's a, a better dialogue through there so you could at least 
sort of test the water with it. But um, but then you've got to say that I think the communication from the club has been better on the whole than it than it used to be. So um, you know, I think we're they're always learning. Um, and as you said, we we just have to look at the membership last year. It's whatever Bolton put out there. Um, there is that initial backlash. So, mm. I mean, you know, this is this season's one and we'll await and see what next season's one is. Mm. Yeah, there's always something. There's always something. I, I know the, the Bolt Wanderers Sports Trust has, has put a, a bit of a, a, an email together to say that they had had initial kind of discussions about this, but that it probably caught them by surprise in terms of the speed at which it was introduced. So, um, I, I, I dare say that planning has had some degree of influence on it, that maybe they got given the thumbs up and, and then they saw that the, they could get it in there before the start of the season and all of a sudden it seems like a bit of a rush. I hope that's the case, but I hope that it has been well planned and I just I do hope that further down the line, we're not reporting on queues of people trying to get into a car park because the Wi-Fi is down. That, uh, that would annoy me. <laughs> yeah, but at least if they're in the, uh, the car park, to the uh, the behind the north stand, they'll be able to get out of the car and have a pint at the uh, new the main <laughs> fan zone. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I can just see that they're queuing they're queuing out the the fan zone on one one way, and then they're queuing down the the other way with the uh, the, the car park. It's going to be bedlam. Um, <laughs> fingers crossed. Wi-Fi does not. Uh, and and to be fair, Bolton's Wi-Fi is pretty good. Pretty good as uh, from a press point of view. I will say it uh, It has been quite reliable over the years, but uh, oh, good grief. At least it's not Huddersfield. Tell you what, that's the worst Wi-Fi in the whole football league, by the way. Is it? The worst, um, the worst. They've barely got it. Um, they're in a valley. It's a terrible place for reception. It's the worst that I've ever experienced at a football club. It's terrible. Well, uh, considering that our stadium is uh, their, their stadium, but a better version, hopefully... We'll be second, at least second to last in the Wi-Fi. <laughs> well, I mean, please. to be fair, it's it's like on top of a hill, isn't it? So, I mean, I know kind of Winter Hill overlooks it and all that kind of stuff, but it's on a high ground. There's no mm. reason why the the reception should be bad. But I know for a fact when I've had certain, uh, like when I've had Vodafone phones, for example, they don't work very well. Uh, I know um, EE is okay there at the moment. Um, I'm trying to scramble my brain for other operators, but yeah, some some work, some don't, and I just hope that uh, they get on top of it because it's a modern world in more than ways than one. Um, but anyway, anyway, right? You're not you're not tuning in to listen to us talking about car parks and Wi-Fi. I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, so shall we have well what we said on the tin? Our pre-season blow by blow. Just a little foot in the tackle here, the interception there, and the simple little 10-yard ball, a roll that's often overlooked, but absolutely vital. There's a good ball, McGinley! Bolton has scored! John McGinley! We are running down all the pre-season games, for starters, um, and we're going to talk about who stood out, where needs sharpening up for Bolton, where where we think you know fans should be confident so let's rewind a couple of months they went to portugal they trained extremely hard we we now know by the way that the ian effort has changed the training practices he's even altered the day off that the players are given so historically it was wednesdays um i'm wondering whether or not he might well have now shifted that to thursdays but i need to get that confirmed but apparently he's, he's changed a lot of things behind the scenes 
up the workload completely so that he feels like he's making his players more robust. And that all started in Portugal, in 30-degree heat, I might add. Um, <laughs> just to, not quite not quite the farty we've had last week. It's not quite the uh, blistering sunshine we had in the last year. But, uh, yeah, he, you know, from the very off, he has been working those players hard. Harder than they've ever been worked before. So they went to Portugal, they came back, they scored nine goals against Longridge, which... You know, at that point in time, everybody's really happy. Everybody's great. They went and beat Chorley. Didn't play as well, but they, they beat Chorley 3-1. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was Stockport, wasn't it? Two, two apiece at, at Stockport behind closed doors. So there's lots of goals coming there. That is that is one of the big things. I think I, I noticed on um, on Twitter, was it uh, BWFC stats? I think, there was th- I think there was 13 different scorers in pre-season. That's a big positive. Yeah, it is. Um, and you forget now that, like, Kachunga started, you know, like a house on fire. He's, he's not quite scored since. But, uh, yeah, same with Dion. Um, so, yeah, the uh, you do forget that when pre-seasons are like a month long. But, um, yeah, it's good to see. It's good to see. I mean, bearing in mind, we, we when you win 9-0, somebody's not going to score all nine. So, you will get a few. But even since then, you look at two different scores against Watford, sadly against Huddersfield. Um you know, we have shared it about a little bit, so which is good. Yeah, 11 scorers actually have overcoated that. So it's four from Charles, three from Kachunga, two from Dapo and from Bob Varson, and one apiece for Backer, Bradley, Dempsey, Johnson, Lee, Morley and Sadlier. Uh, Sadlier is probably being the best. So behind closed doors, which I didn't I didn't like, I've got to be honest, I <laughs> much, much prefer it with fans there, but obviously two apiece against Stockport, then they won the secret, sorry, they'd lost the secret game against Wigan that we don't want to talk about. And then they uh, went to Watford, Coldly Training Ground, Watford, and beat a championship club and beat them well, I might add. Now, again, this season, this preseason, rather, it's you don't want to analyse it too heavily, I suppose, but they have still come across certain types of teams like Wigan, where they've struggled a bit more, and Carlisle as well, which we get onto a little bit later. But uh, teams that sit in still struggling with that sort of team whereas they can go against a Watford and a Huddersfield who are from a division above but who play a certain type of football and feel completely comfortable now all we need is for every single team in League One to adopt that same style surely yeah that would help if they can play (laughs) to our strengths that would be really helpful um but yeah it's uh yeah that that does concern me a little bit you know I think the you know, after the Wigan game, even though you were pretty much the only person who saw it, he, uh, Ian Everett did say about that they play that sort of different style mm. to what we do. Um, and yeah, we, we struggled against it. I think we struggled against it last year sometimes to try and break teams down. it's It can be very difficult uh, when you've got 10 or 11 behind the ball and they camped in um, and they play a more aerial threat. You just look at Burton away last year, they, they went 3 0 up, mm. all headers from corner, you know, corner of free kicks or throw-ins, and we were struggling to break them down until the 93rd minute. So, yeah, that does concern me a bit, but, um, yeah, I, maybe we're going to be a team that, that beats the, the teams at the top of the division this year, perhaps. I'd like to think so. I'd certainly like to think so. But uh, after the secret friendlies, of course, we came back against Carlisle. That was the, that was the big blip to use Ian Evans' mm. phrase. They weren't good at all. I played okay for the sort of first half an hour, then conceded two very, very soft goals for me. 
got back into it with the penalty with Ferrara Morley, and then they uh, they shot themselves in the foot again. Those those defensive errors, and we touched on it earlier with the build up to uh, to Huddersfield's goal on Saturday that a lot of people will have seen that it just felt avoidable. I do feel that against the better better teams in League One, they're going to have to try and, and, and find a more resolute way. The good thing is, though, they have got more options with Iredale, certainly with Iredale coming in. They've got a different way of doing it. They could always play a, a different kind of, of back four and be a more defensive team this time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... We've got a, a sort of a, a second team within the first team now, mm, if you mm. if you will. Um, you know, we saw like you just had to look at the bench the other day, and, and the fact that Barson was injured as well. You know, they've got some good players coming off the bench, some experienced players uh, at this level. So um, yeah, we we wanted two players in each position. We've we've pretty much got that, I guess. If you put Sadlier as a as um, you know right wing back, we we have. So, yeah, there's plenty of options there if it isn't going right, right? or around Christmas when we're playing a lot of games or, um, you know, if you if you look considered, I don't know, if, we, if we're playing Burton away or Accrington or Fleetwood, um, there's, there's different options, which perhaps at times last year we didn't have. Mm, definitely. The Huddersfield game obviously was the last one, but I, I think generally speaking... Generally speaking, I, I've, I've, I've come out. Had sadly had not scored that goal, and this is the weird thing, and, and I, I, I'm sure Chris won't mind me saying, but we, we had a very brief chat, Chris Mark, when I after the game, and he said, "I hate preseason. I, I really hate it." He said because you kind of you get you get people analysing it, and it's kind of overanalyzing it. And it's not just the press. We're not you're not talking about just the press, but you're talking about the players themselves. You're talking about the staff. And really, it is uh, it's just an extended training run. We say that a lot, but actually, it's it's about putting into to practice the the stuff you get on the training ground and trying to kind of hone it and trying to make sure that when you start a proper I and mean, the game Ipswich will be a completely different tempo atmosphere. There's going to be twenty plus thousand people there at Portman Road. It's going to be a hell of an atmosphere. All everything you learn in preseason almost goes out the window. And you revert to how how good a, a team and how good players you are. Um, so it, it's almost like practice. It, it's just a practice, and uh, you, you do wonder whether we do put put too much too much emphasis on preseason and read too much into it because actually nobody, I would imagine, will be able to tell me much about last preseason or a few years ago's preseason because you do forget these games so quickly. You do, and it, the irony is as well. The start of a season can mean nothing. You know, we've we've seen mm. teams that like Forest last year were bottom of the league, and they end up getting promoted. So even what happens on Saturday, if we get beat, there will be naturally um, a lot of people that are upset and a lot of people that are fearing the worst. And then we could go on a ten-game winning run again and and be top of the league by Christmas. So um, yeah, it is funny that, and and yeah, we it's. With pre-season, I'm, I'm with you. If we would have lost, I, I felt if we would have ended pre-season on the Carlisle game, and I'm sure when we do our one to twenty-four, I'm sure mm. Bolton will be a lot less, uh, a lot further down than what we're going to say. But um, I, I felt we played better against Huddersfield. We showed a bit more. We just couldn't get the ball in the net. So when we did get the ball in the net, 
then um, yeah, a, a few people are now a bit more optimistic than we would have done if we if we didn't. Yeah, yeah. Had sadly as gold not got in, I think I'd have been putting Bolton twenty four. <laughs> would have been doom and gloom. <laughs> would have, would have yeah, had the fu- I, the, instead of the buff podcast theme tune, it just would have been the funeral march. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, God, you, you look at some of the teams in this league, and if Bolton finish below them. God help us. But it's such an emotive game, though, and, and obviously social media does have uh, quite a, an impact on it as well. But it, it, I've never known a business like it. It's such a, a results-driven thing. And the whole mood around the whole club changes on a goal there. If that goal doesn't go in on 93 minutes, whatever it was for Sadlia, then this week becomes a very difficult one for for me, for, for everybody. You know, you, you're trying to pick people up. You're trying to say, listen, it doesn't matter. And, and, you know, it's all about how you do on Saturday at Ipswich. And it's not even just to Saturday at Ipswich. It's how you do over the next three, four, five, six, seven months. Mm. Um, it's it's a, it's such a, a very short-term business football. Um, and, and probably we'd all do better just to, to try and remember that it is uh, the proverbial uh, marathon, not a sprint. But um, that said, that said, let's talk about the marathon. Let's have our League One rundown. Anelka. Johnson and Juru trying to prevent him, gets the ball across, it might fall for Nolan. El Hajjurf, surely he must score, he has the breakthrough at long last. This could be a massive win. No, Anelka could be in here for 2-0. No, that's it now, surely. Given away by Cameron Jerome. Here's uh, Nolan to Nicholas Anelka for 3-0. Anelka, and that's 3-0. Team by team, we are going to take them alphabetically because uh, we're going to harness Henry's encyclopedic knowledge of League One football. Uh, we're not, really. We're, we're not professing to be experts of anybody except for Bolt Mondras. We are Bolt Mondras experts. I, I will I will admit that here and now. Um, but uh, I don't know that much about Burton Albion. I don't know that much about uh, any other team in League One. I'm, I'm, so much so that I'm actually struggling. I'm clutching at straws trying to find another team in League One that I could think of. Uh, Lincoln City, <laughs> for example. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not pretending to be an expert. I know how they've got on against Bolton Wanderers and you know the, the, the various signings they may or may not have made that I may have heard of as well. So... We're going to uh, we're going to give our our two penneth worth. Um, again, I'll make the cashless joke, but uh, yes, mm-hmm. let's do it. A, let's do A to Z. Let's start with Aki Stanley, Accrington Stanley. Um, we we know Accrington Stanley are a bogey team for Bolton. We know what it's going to be like going there at, uh, in the winter again. I think it's November this time. Yeah. Then they're a good home team, but they have lost some good players. Colby Bishop's gone to Portsmouth. Uh, Matt Butcher's gone to Plymouth, so they've lost, and Ross Sykes has, has left as well, a big big defender who was quite important to them as well. Yeah, so he was, well, I think he was like seven foot two. That Ross Sykes, <laughs> he was huge, wasn't he? Yeah, but I mean that's that's the thing. They were good as a set piece team. Accrington Stanley, a very very decent team, and they're all they always seem to find a way of getting themselves back. And, and to sign the right players. And I do take my cap off to them. I don't agree with everything that, that Andy Holt says or the kind of principles that he stands for particularly. But 
I do think it's a well-run club, and I think they're certainly a very well-managed club with John Coleman as well. Um, they've signed uh, Sean Wally from uh, Shrewsbury, I know. Um, uh, they brought in Lucas Jensen as well from uh, from Burnley, uh, who, who spent a, a strange time on loan at, um, at Bolton. I wonder if he could be the yeah. next James Trafford. Maybe. Uh, yeah, we we know all about Lucas uh, Jensen. I mean, we know... we. We know all about him. We never saw him play a game. No. But we uh, no. we do know he's a footballer. <laughs> we do know he's a footballer. He definitely does play football. There's no question. They brought in um, a lad, uh, Mo Sangari from Newcastle, who looks all right, and Ryan Astley from Everton as well. They seem to have gone down the loan route this, this season, Aki, and, mm. and probably you'd expect for the money they've got from Colby Bishop, they'll probably try and reinvest that and to, to bring in somebody else as well. So... They may be uh, more uh, busier rather than than a few pl- uh, few clubs um, going forward, but I can't. I do think it's going to be a season of struggle for them. I I, I have to say, I, 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 having lost those big players from the games that I've seen of, of Aki, I, I do. I can't help but feel they're going to struggle. Yeah, I uh, I actually agree with that. I think they've they've done as you said, they've done so well to. Um... To to stay, still be in League One, yeah, quite frankly. Yeah. But this year, I, and well, when we go through our one to twenty-four, I, I've not got them to go down, but I don't think it'd be as comfortable this year. I think mm-hmm. they they could struggle. They've lost some big players, literally in Ross Sykes's uh, case. Yeah. Um. And yeah, the Colby Bishop. I know. I know Dion didn't really play for him last year, but obviously he went at, at like you know. So that's there's just a few top players that they've got at this level. Who have gone so you know it will be how they replace them um so we'll have to see but I, I, yeah they always manage to do it don't they somehow they always manage to do it yeah i'll take my cap off to him i mean barnsley the next one ones up uh, on the alphabetical list we see they've signed luca cannell i, I can't wait to see how he does and how much he's uh, developed mm. they have signed in my uh considered eyes and very decent players James Norwood at Ipswich Nicky Cadden from Forest Green um, so some decent players I, I think they're going to be strong personally Barnsley I know they've lost a few uh, Britain's just signed at, um, at Blackburn for example uh, Morris Wood to Luton and Collie Woodrow as well um, so they've, they've lost a few they've they've gained a few but I think again they're, they're one of these teams that have a system they play a very similar kind of thing to, to Bolton, I think, and, and they have that sort of way about them. So I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how Luca Canal does. So are you? Uh, yeah, I was I was quite surprised by that one, to be honest. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they've signed well. My my in laws are from Barnsley, so I've got to uh, I have got to root for them a little mm. bit. But um, <laughs> the uh, I, I think it's the the managers. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how Michael Duff does. I know at Cheltenham he played manager. a certain yeah, yeah. yeah, he played a certain way at Cheltenham and I'm I'm sure well Barnsley had that under um I can't his name escapes me, who got him into the playoffs a few years ago, that sort of uh long long throw kind of physical way of playing. But um I don't know whether they'd put up with it again in, in League One. So it'd be interesting to see how, how he does and he's took that step up now. From Cheltenham, uh, you know, obviously Barnsley are a much bigger fish than Cheltenham are. Um, so we'll see. It could work out. If it doesn't, it'll be it'll be out by Christmas, and they'll have to have a plan B. But um, I, yeah, and now one to twenty-four, I've, I've got them quite high. 
one of my favourite opposition managers, Michael Duff. I will say that. I, I like him. He's a good guy. Bristol Rovers, uh, which may well dip from the other uh, pot, to be fair. Joey Barton in charge of Bristol Rovers, as we know. <laughs> um, uh, do you know what? Joey Barton, who nearly signed for Bolton Wanderers, so nearly signed for Bolton Wanderers. I actually had a conversation with his dad at one stage um, about him being close to signing for Bolton Wanderers. And he was... Um, I would say vetoed by the Bolton board at the time, I would have said. Some of the high-ranking people didn't like the idea. He was obviously in a bit of hot water with what he'd done at Manchester City. Um, I think he would have been a good player for Gary Megson at Bolton Wanderers, if I'm being honest. Um, whether or not he would have necessarily been a PR uh, tick, box ticked, I'm not too sure. But as a manager, he's done okay, I think. He's... You know, he's, he's an incendiary fella. He's, he's, he's been at Fleetwood. He's gone to Bristol Rovers. He's signed a few players. Jordan Rossiter uh, from his former club as well, an ex-Liverpool lad. Uh, John Marquis as well, the ex-Pompey striker, big lad. Uh, so they've they've not signed any any kind of massive stars. Uh, James Gibbons as well from Port Vale, who played at, at Port Vale last season. So... Yeah, they're not sounding massive stars. I can't see them absolutely excelling, but I don't think they're necessarily going down. I would, you would, you would imagine Barton's got enough about him to to keep him up. Yeah, I think they'll be okay. I think the the players have signed a good players. Um, you know, it's always box office with Joey Barton, but he's you know after what happened last season, he seems to have he, because they went through a, a bit of a sticky yeah. patch and yeah. all they they didn't start as well as what. The fans had hoped them to, and uh, they came through in the end. So, um, no, I think they'll do okay. Burton, next one on the list. Now, we know the problems Bolton have had with Burton and the style they play with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. I uh, I don't expect that to change too much, looking at the players they've signed. Uh, people like Davis Keller Dunn at, uh, at Alderman. They're going to be direct. We know exactly what they're going to be like. And... Um, They've got that beautiful playing surface, which we oh. do love playing on. Um, I'm going to stick my neck out and say Burton might struggle this season. They might not be the mid-table side that they have been. And they've, they're a bit like Accrington. They've over, overachieved, in my view. It's certainly, They're a very well-run club, and I do, again, take my cap off to them um, for the way that they're, they're probably operating at a level above their budget. Um, but... I get the feeling they might not be as good this season. Yeah, I, I, I think it's easy to go with Burton. It's going to struggle because they are, a, even though they were in the championship recently, they are a smaller club uh, and they play a certain way. I think even even when you go up to like Burnley in the Prem, when they were in the Premier League, they, they were easy to say they're going to go down because mm. they play a certain way. Uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank clearly has had success there and he's comfortable there. Um so I yeah, I don't think I don't think they're gonna struggle and be be bottom of the table. Um I've got them to stay up though. I've got them to, to sort of be bottom half but stay up. Uh we're playing them in April I think away, so hopefully the pitch might be in some half decent condition when we by that playing. point in time you never know. You never know. Mm. Um right, so after Burton we have Cambridge United. And everybody talks about the players they've lost, one of which, of course, Jack Idell, and um, and also Wes Houlihan as well. Now, speaking to the lads at Cambridge, they, they say that 
maybe Wes Hulhan isn't as big a loss as, as people may, may make out. But I think Jack Dale definitely will be. Mm. And from the players they've signed, uh, Brandon Houndstrup, uh, Rossi from Bournemouth, uh, Jana from Bristol City, Holden from... Solid, but not exactly spectacular, I will have said. I yeah. think they might struggle this season, if I'm being absolutely brutally honest. And um, uh, could this be that, that Cambridge returned to the level of football from which, once they came, maybe? It could be. Um, yeah, it's... I think with Cambridge, they've got a very good manager who works very well with them. He does. Uh, he but does. You, you do have to question where their sort of where the limit for where their glass glass ceiling is. Um, and I think with them losing the players they have done, and I guess yeah, Hulahan, you know, is maybe not on the pitch. He, I know he. I mean, we he never played against us at, uh, in both seasons at the Uni Ball because we played him on a Tuesday night. I think he was playing one game a week kind of thing. But um, he, he might have been a big name in the dressing room. So, um, yeah, I, I for me with Cambridge, I've not got them going down. I've, I've got them in the, the sort of bottom half because I think they probably are four worse teams than Cambridge. But I'm, I'm actually with you with this one. I think it's not going to be as comfortable mid-table mm. position as it was last year. They've, they've, they've held together a fair group. I, I will give that to them. I, I, I'm... I, I, I don't know. We, you, we'll sit, well, sure, I'll tell you later what I think about Cambridge. But Charlton Athletic, now they've obviously had their, their big issues in the last few seasons. They seem to have come back out of it with new ownership. There's, there's not a, a huge amount of money there. There has been a kind of huge turnover of players. Um, but they brought in some decent ones this summer, actually. If you look, if you look down there, uh, Egan O'Connell at, um, at Rochdale, uh, McGrandles from Lincoln, who's a decent player, uh, Stephen Sessegnon they've got on loan from Fulham as well, who is a is a very good player. Jack Payne from Sweden, uh, Swindon rather. Um, I don't, he may be from Sweden as well, but he, <laughs> he's certainly from Swindon. Um, they haven't lost much. They had a they had a reasonable team. I thought actually, weirdly enough, I know Bolton beat them at, uh, at the Valley last season, but. They look like a decent team, Charlton, barring everything that was going on around them. I don't think they'll be too bad this season, you know. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably put Charlton perhaps where we were last season. Uh, so I think they'll improve on their performance last season. Yeah. Do I see them making the playoffs? Probably not. But um, again, I mean, they've got a new manager in who did reasonably well at Swindon. But he's not really been at this level before, and at a club like Charlton before, there's a big expectation there. You probably as bigger expectation as Charlton as you have at like ourselves and Portsmouth, that kind of uh, you know those kind of teams. So it's going to be tough, and if you don't get it right early on, as we saw last year when we beat them and the whole mm -hmm. place seemed to implode, um, they could struggle. So I think they'll do okay. I don't think they'll be pushing the, the playoffs though. As you say. The Swindon influence is heavy, if, if only for uh, the the signing videos they make. Yeah, and they eventually took it down, but I did like the office one they did. <laughs> props to the admin, if they're listening. Um, <laughs> yeah. Talk about props. Uh, Cheltenham Town. Um, I'm going to say now they're going to they're going to romp the league, romp the <laughs> league up up the Robins. Not really, not really. Um, I think it maybe if the league was upside down. <laughs> 
<laughs> Honestly, I think they're going to struggle. I'm obviously Michael Duff's a massive, massive loss this season. Um, lots of players signed. Uh, obviously, yeah, new, new change of management. Lots of players signed. Lots of well, the, the, the squad is bigger. Bottom line, we don't really know what's going to be in terms of the change of style. Um, Wade Elliott being in charge now, of course, but. Uh, I think they're going to struggle. I would, I would hate to see Chal, uh, Charlton, Cheltenham go down, um, but I think this could be on the cards. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I don't really know much about the uh, the squad and who they've brought in, but I do know with with Alfie May there, they've got. It's like Markham last year with yeah, Cole Stockton. Yeah, exactly. They've got someone who's going to yeah. score goals. So, but do you think um, he's going to stay there though? I mean, he's, for for all the the league two players that were obviously up for grabs. He's he's one of those that just sits there and you think the longer it goes, the easier it will be to pick him off. Yeah, I think so. I think Alfie May is a player, because I've just got it here, he's, he's 29. So I think a team like... I'd be surprised if he came to Bolton because we seem to be... I know Charles is 26, but we seem to be going for players who are uh, yeah. going to have a few years with us. So I think it'll be more a team, perhaps like a Charlton, who just need that extra bit of firepower. Mm. You can offer him more wages and uh, it'll probably go there eventually. But I think he could save them. But on the whole, I, I do I do worry for Charlton. Right. Now I've got a decent one for you. It's Derby. Because nobody knows <laughs> what Derby are going to be up for, really. Um, I mean, we we all know what they've, they've been through. We're really glad that they are um, through hopefully through the, the worst of it. Um, but a big rebuilding job to, to go on. They've signed a lot of players. Barkhausen that we know Bolton were, were looking at as well. James Collins that Bolton may or may not be looking at. Uh, Mendes Lang, Joel Wildsmith, Connor Hurrahan, James Chester, David McGoldrick. They've signed some good players, some very good players. But how quickly do those players turn it round and turn into a decent team? Yeah, I was at a wedding last year, last week or two or two weeks ago now, and um, the uh, I was it was in Derby, so I was speaking to a Derby fan. I said, oh, "Yeah, how come you're splashing the cash on all these players?" And he's kind of said, "Yeah, we're going to have a team that's got four or five superstars, and the rest are sort of kids, kind of you know mm. attitude." But um, yeah, I noticed Barkhausen scored the other day. It was a good goal. So um, you know, he's hit the ground running for them, but. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one with Derby because you've got to remember as well, I know we, we look at Wigan last year and yeah. think, uh, oh, well, they did something similar. But Derby, like us under Phil Parkinson, have not been in this league for 30 years. And it's a completely different kettle of fish when you've got to go to places like Accrington. And as great as it is, uh, you know, as fans going and having half the attendance for these games... It is still, you've got to learn to play on those pitches. And, you know, you look at James Chester, uh, Hurahan have, have not played at this level. So it might be difficult for them. And um, so I'm, I'm really intrigued with Derby. I've, I've got them doing well, but at the same time, I, I don't know. I really don't know. It could end up going, you know, with, I don't think they'd be anywhere near the bottom, but it could end up being a, a, a sort of a stabilising season for them. Yeah, yeah. Looking at looking at some of the predictions, I think there's a complete mixed bag out there. So, I mean, I, I think they're, they're okay, but we'll we'll get onto that in a second. But Exeter City are the next ones up. Now they've not signed much. It's fair to say the best mm. thing we can say about Exeter is that they've kept together 
a squad that had been knocking on the door for a fair while in League Two. They've they've kept their best players. Ah, I, I think they're going to struggle. I, I I really do. I I like them as a club. You know, I I really do. I think Matt Taylor has done a terrific job down there. And when Bolton went there in the lockdown, one of the most friendly and amenable clubs that we had in, which was a very difficult time to cover football at the time. But I thought they were brilliant. I hope. I pray that they do well. I don't think they will. Um, and kind of looking down there, you, you would just hope they get some sort of momentum, I suppose. Yeah, um, they've spent long enough trying to get in the league, so you'd yeah. hope for their sake that they stick around. But um, it's just difficult. It's, it's difficult for Exeter because, you know, I, again, do you, um, as, a, as a player, if you're competing with, uh, you know, Exeter competing with, I don't know, even a team like uh, Markham or Accrington, you know, you've got to look at the location and think, yeah, well, I'm, yeah. I'm in the middle of nowhere, really. But, um, yeah, so it, is, it, it must be tough for them. But I, I'm with you. I, I don't see them doing well, to be honest. Yeah, gutted, actually. Actually, I miss out on the, uh, the Exeter game. I booked three holidays this year and I've managed, and without knowing what the fixtures were, I may have said this on the podcast before. Apologies for repeating myself if I have, but uh, I miss out on Ipswich away, Exeter away, and Plymouth away. Happy days. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Fleetwood Town, to continue, a lot of faces we know they've signed. Josh Earl from Preston. They've signed Josh Vella from Shrewsbury. And they've uh, signed Jay Lynch from Rochdale as well. So uh, they've got a certain type of player. We know Fleetwood are a certain type of team as well. They're not going to make it easy for anybody whatsoever. But, you know, how how well will Scott Brown do? He, it, I can't wait, to be honest, to see a technical area where Brown and Everett exist. Yeah, that's going to be box office. I mean, him, Joey Barton and Scott Brown as a, as a triple threat, what a season this is going to be for that. I think <laughs> uh, the, uh, the the seats around the dugouts will be fully taken up when we're playing those teams. Um, but uh, I don't know if Fleetwood, I, they, I don't think they'll do that well. Um, and I think it depends on how Scott Brown does, um, you know, in his first job on, on whether they stay up or not. Um it's it's a tough one, Fleetwood, because I mean, to be fair, Fleetwood, you could argue. I know they they flirted with the playoffs, but he got in the playoffs uh, one year. But um, they have done well in League One. Recent years, they've dropped down the leagues. We just stayed up last year. You could argue that they shouldn't have with the amount of points they got. I don't know. I think this year mm. could be one too many for them. Yeah, forty. I don't think will necessarily be enough this season for them. Um, but yeah, we, we shall see. One thing I will say is they haven't got Anthony Pilkington anymore, and Anthony Pilkington has made a career out of scoring against Bolton Wanderers, so that's at least one good thing anyway. Our next one up is Forest Green Rovers, who I, I'm really looking forward to going to see Forest Green away when there's fans in and when when it's fully operational uh, up the vegans. It's, 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 a, it's a unique place. I enjoyed going there during lockdown, but it would be even better when there's people in. I've got a, a funny feeling, you know, that Forest Green are going to do okay. I think they've signed some decent players. They've lost They've lost a few. They've lost uh, Adams. They've lost Wilson. They've lost Cadden. But I think looking at what they brought in, people like David Davis, Armani Little, uh, uh, Reese Brown at, at Huddersfield as well. Um, there, there are a few very decent players that they've signed there. They've, they've not skimped. 
Whereas a lot of the teams that have come up from League Two haven't really invested a great deal. Forest Green Rovers have reinvested what they've they've got for for some of their better players. So I think they'll be okay personally. Um, yeah, I think they they are a team that seems to have been on the rise for quite a few years. They know be again like Exeter, they were knocking on the door, going up for a few yeah. years in in League Two. I don't know. I think maybe maybe this time. I don't think it'd be long until we see them in League One again. For me, maybe this time they might they might struggle. I think losing the manager at the end of last season uh, doesn't help either. So, um, hey, you know, I'm I'm happy to be proved wrong, but I I can see them going down myself. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Carnivore. Uh, Henry Hewitt laying into <laughs> yeah. Forest Green Rovers there. Uh, There's your headline. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly. Uh, Ips, well, that's the title of the episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ipswich Town is uh, is the next one on there. Now, obviously, Ipswich are first up for Bolton. There's no question in my mind that they're going to be up there at the end of the season. Last year was a bit of an anomaly. They had an awful start under Paul Cook. It signed a lot of players, a lot of good players, I would have said, but um, it just didn't work out. They just weren't organised enough. And, and that obviously uh, was reflected in that 5-2 win when we got to Port, Portman Road last season. But they've not made a massive number of signings this summer, but I think what they've done is is quite solid. Uh, Tyrese John-Jules, unknown from Arsenal, is a great one. Marcus Harness at Portsmouth. Greg Lee, who really stood out for me as one of the better players at Morecambe as well. Uh, you mentioned Ladapo earlier, Dominic Ball at QPR. They've done some good business. And they've got uh, Kieran McKenna as well, who plays that, a, a mo- air quotes, modern style of football in the same way as, as Bolton do as well. I think it's going to be very close between Bolton and, and Ipswich for who finishes above each other. Yeah, I, I think Ipswich will will do that well this year. I think now Sunderland have gone there kind of next in line as these teams that have been in the you know, in, in League One that probably should be higher. Um obviously I count Bolton in that. Sheffield Wednesday have only had the one season. You can maybe say Portsmouth might be arguing with them that they, it's their turn. But um yeah, I think this this will probably be the year for Ipswich if they get it right. I think they've got a manager to get it right as well. I think the the managers since Mick McCarthy have been sort of, I don't know, they've they've kind of gone for similar sort of, apart from Paul Hurst, I think they were the first one, they've kind of gone similar route. But but yeah, I think this one, this Kieran McKenna is, you know, I mean, they they came to our place and I think he'd won his first four or three or four games um, in charge and then we beat them. And then after that, they, they kind of, I know they didn't do as well as us to the start of the, towards the end of the season. That's why we finished just above them. But I think there was enough there to show me that he's he's implementing his plans. So um, yeah, I think they'll do well. I think I just hope the Indian sign continues. Really, um, having had a whole journalistic career carved out of not expecting anything whatsoever from an Ipswich game, suddenly. Cup runneth over last season, but never mind. Um, yeah, next one on the list is Lincoln City. Now, for me, last season, Lincoln City underachieved massively for the team I thought they were and the team that I thought they built. Um, uh, they've not made any massive signings for me this season. Uh, Paddy O'Connor and um, Charles Vernon from Bradford seem you know, fairly run-of-the-mill types. Uh, they made... Uh, couple of the, the, the raided uh, island for Danny Mandrio as well. Um, 
lad on loan from Stoke. There's not a lot there, to be honest. They, they've lost McGrandles to Charlton. And they, they released Liam Brigcutt as well, um, which is interesting. And they've lost John Markley. So they may be going a, a slightly different way of playing. But I, I think they're probably just basically stabilising. I think they're the archetypal mid, mid-range mid club now, Lincoln. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, we went there last year and won. And um, it was a it was seen as a fantastic result, yeah, which yeah. it was. But, whether, you know, if we would have known where he would finish, maybe it wouldn't have been as much. But, yeah, I, I, for me, Lincoln... I look at Lincoln and, and I've put them kind of mid-table and that's just because I look at the teams below them and think, well, yeah, they're probably going to not go down and they're probably just going to be all right. Mm. You know, they'll mm. win when they need to. They play, um, they play good football. They play... Or, or they, historically, they play good football. I enjoy watching them. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting season for them though because by the sounds of it, if it doesn't, I mean they may finish sort of mid table this year. And I know they've got Mark Kennedy in charge, so he's not mm-hmm. really been a, a first team head coach before. So again, you look at that and think, well, how's he going to do? But though I think mid table this year, then next year, see how we do in next summer, and then it could either be a case of stay stabilizing again and being mid table, or they could drop down and and be one of the contenders to perhaps get relegated. Yeah, potentially, potentially. Interesting season as well for Milton Keynes Dons, I think, given what's happened last season. Now, I'll hold my hands up. I didn't really think they would do as well as they did last season. They, without question, were one of the better teams that Bolton played and they played some fantastic mm. football. They have lost some big players in Harry Darling to Swansea and... Uh, Scott Twine to Burnley. So, to what extent they recover from that is is probably going to govern how they do this season. They've signed a raft load of players. Louis Barry being a, a particularly eye, eye-catching one. Uh, they've signed Jack Tucker ahead of Bolton, I would have said, uh, for, for Gillingham as well. Um, uh, 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 Jason coming on loan from Chelsea. They've brought in Will Grigg. Henry Lawrence is coming from Chelsea as well. There's... There's a, a fair number of new ones. How they settle into what is a very defined way of playing, even probably even more so than Bolton's, I would have said, a, a more prescriptive way of playing. Um, it probably depends on how well they're going to do. But they've, they've brought in quality. Bradley Johnson, actually, I'm just looking down the list of signings. Bradley Johnson from uh, Blackburn's a, a hell of a signing as well. So they've, they've obviously reinvested. How, how do you think they'll do? I think they'll do pretty well, personally. Yeah, I, I was impressed with them last year. Um, I actually thought that when we went to their place and got beat 2-0, I thought, well, th- that for me told told me that we weren't ready to get promoted. because no, that's, they were that's, one the of best, that's the best front three that Bolton played last season for me. Yeah, I mean, I've got them, I think looking at the players that have gone out, I've kind of got them um, just outside the playoffs, to be honest. But... Mm. I, you, when you've got Mo Iser and I mean he was a pest, wasn't he yeah. last year? Unbelievable. Um, yeah. And uh, you know you've got the experience in Bradley Johnson, so it wouldn't also surprise me if they end up at the top end of the table again. But you know you do wonder with these teams; it depends the type of players they are. When MK Don's just missed out, uh, and you could argue at one point, um, I think they had a, a few games in hand, mate. You feel, or you know, if you would have said that they were in a great opportunity to push on and they just didn't quite do it or they started mm-hmm. the run too late. 
how that then affects them because they went into the playoffs as favourites and didn't even make the final. So, yeah, it, w- it wouldn't surprise me if they did well, but I've actually got them as finishing just below the playoff line. Yeah, they're, they're hard to read. I will say they will be hard to read because there is quite a lot of change there. I don't think there's any team in the in the division that signed as many players this summer. So, we, well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I personally think they, they will be... Uh, they, I think they'll finish above Bolton. There, I've said it. Right. Um, there we go. Um, Morecambe. Morecambe. Our old friends, Morecambe. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd love to think that they were relegated already. I really would. <laughs> but uh, life isn't that simple. That Life isn't that simple. I mean, they've... They've got a budget, uh, which is obviously one of the smallest in the division. Let's be fair, they've they've done extreme well to get to this level. Derek Adams is back in charge now as well, so they are they're a different animal to the one that Bolton played that uh, that wonderful day um, at the Mazuma Stadium. They've signed a few. I noticed they they brought in Connor Ripley at Preston, who I've always thought was a decent player. Uh, Farron Rawson as well at Mansfield is alright Ash Hunter uh, the, the South City defender as well so yeah there's some there's some reasonable um, reasonable players there but oh, I just don't they go down <laughs> yeah I mean I agree with you but I actually think that they'll do okay I think now with Derek Adams is back and because he's now he's had his time away and he's come back I think he's he's clearly realised that he's in the best place for him somewhere where he's loved Cole Stockton stayed as well uh, that's and true that is true they've yeah. brought a few players in I think they'll do okay I don't think they'll trouble the top half but I think they'll they'll. I think they'll be further away from the relegation zone than what they were last year yeah but in the same way as Alfie May with, with Cheltenham we, we are talking now on well it's still a month to go in the transfer market so as far as strikers in League One who would be readily available. If somebody really started badly and thought, oh, we really need goals. Mm. If you weren't signing Alfie May from Cheltenham, you'd be signing uh, uh, Cole Stockton rather from from Morecambe, for my liking. They're ripe for the picking. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, that is. And if he goes and same with Alfie May, you do wonder where they are. Because Cole Stockton kept them up. You could argue... Uh, not in, well, actually no, because uh, I think Cheltenham did enough to to not have needed Alfie May's goals as much. But he's they would have been a lot closer to relegation zone, um, you know, had he not played as many games. But yeah, Cole Stockton definitely kept marking up. Yeah. Next one, all at uh, Oldham, <laughs> Oldham Athletic. Yeah, it's <laughs> they, 90, they wish it's nineteen ninety six. Uh, no, it's uh, it's Oxford United. Sorry. Uh, yes, Oxford United. I, I one I thought one of the better footballing teams that Bolton played last season. I, I, I liked them a lot, and I, I thought they played some cracking stuff. And really, one of the better games I was involved in as well last season when we played them at their place. Um, signed a, a handful of players, nothing outstanding, other than maybe Yannick Wildschut. Bizarrely enough, bringing yeah. Yannick back now. Yannick at League One level, I if if he turns up like he did on the first game of the season for Bolton then watch out, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, where's he been in between Bolton and, uh, well, Norwich, I guess, and, and Oxford? I've not really Well, I know he was, he was at um, uh, CSK Sophia. Uh, right. 
certainly that's where they've signed him from. Um, so before that, he's gone over to Israel after after, Bosra, uh, after Bolton. He's uh, signed for Maccabi Hafia, played a couple of seasons there, um, or Haifa rather, and uh, and then CSK Safia as well. So, yeah, um, uh, he's, he's done his rounds on the continent. And now he's coming back. On his day, I know he had injuries. That certainly caused a problem at Bolton, but he was a decent player. Yeah, he was okay. I, yeah, I don't think we saw anywhere near what we should have done from him, apart from that first game. Well, the first month, really, because I think he scored two in the first month, didn't he? But, yeah, he scored at um, Reading as well, didn't he? He scored, the winner. he scored against West Brom and then he scored against Reading. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so uh, I, I've got to admit, he doesn't necessarily put fear into my... Uh, when we play Oxford, but we play him. We don't play him at the start, so maybe no. he can have a... He's got, a, you know, if he has a good start, maybe that would be different. But I think Oxford, I, I think we'll finish above Oxford this year. Uh, I, I don't think they'll be, I think they'll be top half, but I, I don't see them troubling the playoffs as much, personally. Henry Hewitt, too good for Oxford. Okay. <laughs> uh, Peterborough United, careful where you step here now, uh, Henry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, the hard the hard truth is coming back this week. So uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Believe me, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Uh, in my opinion, and this isn't just uh, taking the knee in front of <laughs> in front of Dara. I I think Peter will be absolutely fine this season. They they haven't lost anybody of of, of massive um, uh, repute, as it were. Um, in fact, I think they've probably brought in a couple of players that are, are half decent. I like Ben Thompson, definitely, from, from Gillingham. I think he's a cracking player. And uh, Lucas Bergstrom as well from Chelsea. It'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Um, Peterborough know how to do it at this level. I've said it a million and one times. They invest in the right players. They they clearly, you know, they, they do it do things the right way. They're never far away. And they have been no. for, for a lot of years. They kind of recycle this same sort of thing. They will be... I will guarantee it right here and now they will be in the top six. I think they'll do a lot better than the top six. Um, no no Mark Beavers. Disappointed to see him disappear to Australia. It would be nice to see Beavers again. But um, uh, what do you reckon? Do you, do you reckon they've they've got it about them? Uh, yeah, I think, well, I mean, uh, when it obviously produced the podcast that Dara does and, I mean, he's a very confident guy and when he talks at the start of the season, he makes me want to, even last year, I was thinking they're going to do well then. <laughs> um, so that that won't change this time. But um, no, I think they've they've got a good manager. Um, you know, they've actually, they beat Hull the other day, actually, yeah. 3-0. So I think they've got a good manager and um, they, I, I know, of, obviously, with, with what Darius said, I know he was he was hurt by last season. So they're ready to come back and, um, and I know he feels that if, if they had had Grant McCann for longer, they had, would have had a better chance of staying up. So they'll be there and thereabouts. Because, um, yeah, because they've done it before. They know what they're doing. Have you got goals in that team? Yes. You know, when you've mm. got Clark Harris or, you know, they they, they, they know their level. I mean, Smudge is a great player if they can keep hold of him, etc. Yeah, I, I think Peterborough will be A-OK. Plymouth Argyle, mind you. Um, It's a very hard one to call for me because they did so well last season. It, I, they exceeded my expectations last season and they were a good team. If they can continue in that sort of way, then I don't think they'll be far away. Um. 
I, I just I just fail to see it, if you know what I mean. There's nobody that they've signed that grabs me and thinks, oh yeah, you've definitely you've definitely moved on a level or anything. No, I think they impressed me when they came to our place last year. Just they, mm. they got a goal and they, they were a good team, um, you know, when they beat us 1-0. But yeah, this year, I think when you look, like with MK Dons, when you look back to last year, and ironically it was MK Dons, he lost to on the last game. I think they needed, in the end, they might have needed a point or something and they got beat 5-0 at home. It depends how they come back from that. Those sort of, we've seen it, you know, with the Stoke, FA Cup game and then the next season you start the season really poorly because there's a uh, you know there's still that in people's minds so how how we come back from that um, we'll see but yeah I think this is the thing with League One the, the amount of clubs in there that you look at and think well they, they should do well and they should do well and they mm. should do well mm. you naturally are going to put Plymouth um, in the top half but not you know, there's about six or seven or eight clubs that you you fancy to do well over them. So, um, yeah, I think they'll be challenging for the playoffs, but I, I don't think they'll be as close as last year. Here's another big name for you, Portsmouth. Now, Portsmouth, if you'd have asked me maybe three or four weeks ago how Portsmouth were going to do, they, I, 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 I know Neil Allen at, at the uh, the news quite well and, and look at how they're going on down there and there was there's a lot of pressure there's a lot of pressure to 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 carry on and to to go up a level again uh i think there was a lot of uh, anger down there at the lack of investment that they weren't signing the right players or they weren't signing players full stop now in the last couple of weeks that's changed a bit and they they seem to have have gone up a bit they've signed bishop quite recently and they've they've bring in marlon packs a great signing from from cardiff um and they've got a few of this Joe Rafty at Preston. Uh, so they've, they've, they've brought in a few very, very recently. So the squad now, for me, is, is really kind of starting to firm up. At uh, I know they've lost Marcus Harness as well, but this, the squad is starting to kind of firm up a bit at Portsmouth. I think they look as strong as they have done for a while. They never impressed me last season as a, as a team mm. I thought they were going to go up. I never thought they were going to. Um, so they're, they're kind of a bit of a, an intangible at the moment, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know what to think of Portsmouth. I, yeah, on paper, like ourselves, they should be challenging. But yeah, there's just something about them where they, I don't. I, I mean, they were in League Two for a few years, so it was yeah. exactly the same there. And then they've come up and kind of done the same. Where you look at the management team and think, yeah, they, they're good. And you look at the players and think they've got good players. But I don't know. You just you just see Portsmouth and think, well, are they going to do it? Possibly not. I don't know. I, I think, and I, I don't know whether it's just uh, because you think last season they were in a good position and it, it fell apart. Not as as catastrophic as the season before when they, I think they lost the crew. Was it on the last game of the season yes, and, yeah, and missed yeah. out on the playoffs? So, so they have they are known for that now. Um, so they they really need to turn it around. And I'm I'm not quite sure whether this manager can because he just seems to. They seem to be going, you think, oh, they've gone one step forward and then you just go a step back. They're kind of not moving on. So, uh, yeah, I haven't got them in my top six. Yeah, it does feel, and I, I, I don't want to say it, but it does feel like it's too big a job for Cowley. I've got to be honest. It, it, it feels like it's too too big a step to, to push up and, and, and do something. But 
Um, who knows? That might get replayed and thrown in my face, come May. Um, so, yes, Port Vale is the next one on the list. I'm going to say it right now. I don't think Port Vale will do very well this season. Um, they've not really done much in the transfer market. I know they lost James Gibbons to Bristol Rovers, but they've not really... They've not really signed anybody that's made me raise my eyebrows. I think they'll struggle. Yeah, Port Vale, they kind of, they're smart. I see them as a smaller version of ourselves where mm. they were, they didn't have it. They had a, an owner they didn't like, and then the new people have come in and given them a bit of a cuddle and the fans are happy and they, they got promoted. But yeah, um, I don't see... I mean, I know Port Vale spent a bit of time in the championship in the uh, the 90s, but, I, yeah, I, I don't know where Port Vale's level necessarily is because they've got a... Yeah. They like Berry used to be. They've got a, a 10,000-seater stadium, but they're never going to fill it. So you think of their attendances... I, I don't know. I guess they did in the playoffs last year. But, yeah, I I, I think they'll I think they'll survive, but I, I think it'll be a, a last game of the season job i will say this i will say this about paul vale one of the friendliest and nicest clubs there is around so if anybody deserves to stay up in in the hmm. kind of the the altruistic respect then yes uh, i hope they do i hope they do because um that genuinely the people there are, are as good to deal with uh, as as there is and that includes the media they're great sheffield wednesday a club close to my uh historical heart um I used to go and watch Wednesday when I was a student in Sheffield, and that how how they are still at this level of football, I scratch my uh, scratch my head. I get the feeling though it won't be long before they're not. Yeah, they are. Sheffield Wednesday are. Um, they're a club that are, they're they're the ones that are. Put it this way, if they, more than Ipswich, if they spend a few years at this level, I, I start to worry about them. Yeah, Because they, they are kind of that championship club in all but name. Uh, and the longer they're in the, the League One, spending the, the money on wages that they are, they're going to eventually struggle. Mm. I think this year, yeah, they'll, they'll challenge again. They've signed well, like Michael Smith and Robin, an excellent signing at this level. Whether he can, uh, you know, he it's a different proposition playing for Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday. There's a lot more pressure on you. If Sheffield Wednesday lose one game, then the, uh, like I remember last year when we played them at Hillsborough, I was listening to Radio Sheffield on the way home and the fans were, we'd have beaten us 1-0 and the fans were unhappy. The fans yeah. were saying that we, they shouldn't have beaten us, which they shouldn't have actually. But um, there's a big pressure on there. So whether these players they've brought in can handle it or not, we'll have to wait and see. But, um, you, I think you've got to give credit to Darren Moore because he didn't work out in the end but I don't think the fans have been really happy with him in his time there I think there's always a I think half the fan base would want someone else so yeah. the pressure is on if they don't start well then the pressure's on him there's a lot of expectation there really is in, in that neck of the woods but I look, at, look down the list of players they've signed and Will Vokes, for example, at Cardiff, great player at this level. Uh, Michael Ihiwikwe uh, at uh, Rotherham knows how to get out of this division. They've got the other, Reese James from Blackpool. They've, uh, ben Hennigan at, at AFC, Wimbledon as well, good players. David Stockdale, who Bolton nearly signed at one stage, good goalkeeper. The, 
they seem to have gone for a certain type of, of they've almost gone down the Rotherham route, weirdly enough. And I, I know they've signed mm. a couple from Rotherham, Smith included. They've gone down that route where you can see that they may be going to change their style a little bit. Poor old little Barry Bannon in the middle of that midfield is going to wonder mm. what's going on. But I, I think they're going to be maybe change their style. I think they're going to go a little bit more route one. I think they're going to be a bit more direct this season. But I think they're going to be more effective in my own personal opinion. But uh, let's move on to Shrewsbury Town. Now, Shrewsbury Town, uh, well, I mean, they're, 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 they're almost always punching above their weight, sort of budget-wise, I suppose. But they've gone down the Coventry route this uh this summer they've signed Jordan Shipley at Coventry they've signed uh, Julian DeCosta at Coventry they've signed a few ex-Coventry players they they seem to they, they, they're quite solid They, I think it, a bit like Lincoln they're a bit more like the, the archetypal League One mid-table team they're never going to break through to that upper echelon in terms of budget or expectation but they, they do have it in them to, to surprise a few people yeah I don't think any team's going to go and batter them at no. At their stadium, um, so yeah, they'll be okay. That's they'll be fine, but uh, they won't challenge the top half. I don't think, but they'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. That's all the conversation we're going to have on Shrewsbury. And if, for, for the Shrewsbury fans that tuned in for our in-depth, <laughs> in-depth analysis on Shrewsbury, I'm afraid that's all we have for you for for this week. But um, let's go to Wickham. Let's go to Wickham. Um, I don't want to go to Wickham, but I'm going to have to this season. Uh, yeah, Wickham again is another, is another one. They they obviously came down last season with a very experienced squad. I think last season was their best chance of bouncing straight back. I know Ains, uh, Gareth uh, Ainsworth come straight back up and, and got a new contract, um, and and he's done a terrific job. What a great manager! What a really top bloke mm. he is. However, there's there's only so far you're going to be able to push that squad, surely. It's not good enough for the championship. That's that's without question. They've lost a couple of players, Stewart and Stockdale. Obviously, the likes of Akin Fenway. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't necessarily central to their tactical plan anymore. But characters like that, they've lost that. They 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 haven't got the budget to be able to go and challenge the Wednesdays and the Peterboroughs and the Ipswiches at, at the top of the division. How many times can you go to the well? Yeah. No. I. I... I felt sorry for him last year because that playoff final, it was Sunderland were always going to win that, weren't they? So they kind of, they, they were the bridesmaids to that and they, they, before the match had even kicked off. But um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think Wickham will, you know, it might be a, uh, it might be the start of the, um, the end of the Gareth Ainsworth period for Wickham. I don't think they'll ever sack him, but it'll, no. I can see them having a season this year where they're not perhaps they're just outside the playoffs, and it's kind of a right. I need to move on, and the club needs to move on situation. Yeah, but, do you, do you, I hope he gets that chance as well, Henry. I, I genuinely hope that yeah. somebody sees that what a fantastic job he has done there, and and he gets to go out without being the guy that stayed one season too long. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I always thought that Blackburn maybe have gone with him, but yeah. um, they've gone a different route. But um, I mean, I say all this. We've—I don't think we've ever scored a goal against Wickham, so and we've lost the, pretty much every time we played them. So hopefully, my—I just hope this year. I know we play him second that we can just score a goal against them. 
Yeah, true, true. Screw them, screw them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I genuinely hope by the time I get from uh, get back from Central America, um, that, uh, that that Bolton have got at least a goal against Wickham would be lovely. <laughs> would be lovely. Um, that's that's all I want. That's all I want, guys. Um, right, okay. So we're going to just go very quickly. Our one to twenty-four. Um, mm. So don't don't make any noises. I'm just going to read it out. My one to twenty-four. Number one, Peterborough United. Number two, Sheffield Wednesday. Number three, Ipswich Town. Number four, MK Dons. Number five, Barnsley. Number six, Bolton Wanderers. Number seven, Derby County. Number eight, Portsmouth. Number nine, Charlton Athletic. Number 10, Wickham Wanderers. Number 11, Plymouth Argyle. Number 12, Oxford United. Number 13, Forest Green. Number 14, Lincoln City. Number 15, Fleetwood. Number 16, Bristol Rovers. Number 17, Shrewsbury. Number 18, Burton. Number 19, Accrington. Number 20, Cambridge United. Number 21, Port Vale. Number 22, Morecambe. Number 23, Cheltenham. (laughs) Number 24, Exeter City. Right, okay. So you you do yours one to twenty four. Uh, well, I've gone uh, Ipswich top of the league. Then I've gone Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Barnsley, Bolton, Peterborough. So the playoffs. Uh, then I've gone MK, Portsmouth, Charlton, Plymouth in tenth, Wickham eleventh, Oxford twelfth. Uh, I've gone Lincoln thirteenth. Then I've gone uh, surprisingly Markham in fourteenth. Uh, Shrewsbury 15th Burton 16th Bristol Rovers 17th Accrington 18th Cambridge 19th uh, Port Vale 20th and then I've gone for um, Forest Green 21st Fleetwood 22nd um, Exeter 23rd and Cheltenham bottom so we can agree that Oxford are going to finish 12th yes uh, that's the only thing we've agreed on there. I mean, you know, you've gone for Forest Green in 13th and I've gone for them in the relegation zone. That's true. Uh, you did Bolton for 6th, is that right? 5th. 5th. Mm. Oh, roast-tinted roast glasses much? Yeah, well, I've, I've also got us to play Barnsley in the playoffs, which uh, I might have to oh take time away from my in-laws. God. Well, I've got Ipswich. In, in my in my scenario, we've got to go to Ipswich on a two-legged oh. playoff. And nothing ever bad happens there. Redemption. It'll be redemption. <laughs> redemption in Stuff, Suffolk. What is it? 22 years later, whatever it yeah. is. The, I can imagine there'll be an athletic reporter on a three-month uh, hunt down for Barry Knight. If that, if that were to happen, Barry Knight in some nursing home somewhere trying to get uh, some flipping report, uh, interview out of him. But uh, sorry, Barry Knight, if you're not in a nursing home, um, I only I was only jesting. Um, but anyway, anyway, um, yes. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, I, I, you know, you can tell Dara from me that I think Peterborough are going up this season, um, and you can also tell Dara from you that you think they'll be struggling in the playoffs. But uh, that's up to you. Well, I think we'll play them in the playoff final. <laughs> then I'll have to uh, maybe be looking for a, uh, a new podcast to produce uh, after that. Um, yes, yes, but yes. yeah, it's, I think the the thing 
that we see there is that there's it's that difficult to predict this league because it is easy to to look at like last year you kind of had twelve bigger bigger sides you know or twelve sides and then twelve in the bot at the bottom half which kind of when you think that Bolton whatever we got seventy three points and finished ninth um, that probably t- tells me that that was the case it was it was split I think it was yeah. the top eleven and in the bottom thirteen. This year, I don't see that happening as much. I think uh, a few in the the top eleven will sort of filter down, and a few from the likes of Charlton will filter up. So it'd be a bit more of a closer this year. But but still, I think if we asked all the listeners, we'd we'd get totally different, especially for the top ten. We'd get totally different of a lot of people. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple in that uh, bottom half for me that that might break through. Bristol Rovers have got decent financial backing. Lincoln, I think, have got a decent team. Forest Green, I genuinely do think, will be uh, higher up than than we think. But they might even get even further. Uh, yeah, there's a few. And uh, and Accrington Stanley, you never know. They're, they're so ballsy, it's unbelievable. So yeah, it's going to be a great season. But both of us agree, it's going to be a decent season for Bolton. And I hope that doesn't put any undue pressure on Ian Everett, who has not really sort of shouted it from the rooftops that he wants to be uh, promoted this season. I'm, I'm quite glad to hear that as well. But anyway, anywho, that was the end of our uh, our predictions. It feels too good to get that off the chest, doesn't it? Yeah, and a, bu- a bumper episode to end our pre-season uh, of the buff. Um, mm. And yeah, it's... It's hey, it's the season starting on Saturday. It's uh, it's the most exciting time of the year for everyone because you don't know. I mean, we're starting in third place, so uh, hopefully we can stick around there for the whole season. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, I mean, Saturday will be a very tough game. But then you come back and you've got Wickham at home that you think we can get something from, and um, you know, and after that, then we've got. Port Vale away, but then a few home games. So it'll be interesting to see where we are at the end of August. Well, um, it seems a fitting time to say that I won't be there on Saturday. Um, So you're going to have to go and find Dan Barnes. Okay, so if you go to Twitter and you go at Dan Barnes Journo, uh, that's easy to spell. So yes, at Dan Barnes Journo. Follow him. He's there at Portland Road. He's going to be there at Wickham as well. So we're oh okay. The Bolt News, of course, are going to be bringing me every single thing that you want uh, from two games. And then I'll be back for that Salford City League Cup game, which is really, I think, the start of the season. Is that fair to say? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Fair enough, then. I'll be sat there by the pool, sipping mojitos and laughing at Derek Clark's commentary on iFollow. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. Yeah. That's fair to say. Until that point in time, I will try my level best to get an episode of the Buff out from Mexico next week. But I can't promise you, I'm afraid, owing to technical details and soberness. But until that point in time, I've been Mark, mildly drunk, Isles, and I've been Henry. I'll probably see you again in two weeks. You hit. This has been the Buff, but this counts for two weeks. Okay. Good night.